What podcasters can learn from their golf game. Hi, I'm Neil Headley. Welcome to the Voice in My Head for Monday, May 30th, 2022. I have a friend who's a long haul pilot for a major airline. Because his job takes him all over the globe, often with a half a day or more of downtime, he told me he was thinking about taking up golf as a hobby and asked if I would go with him to help him shop for clubs. At the time, I was a good person to ask because I'd been spending a bunch of time with a local rep from a club manufacturer and was toward the end of what would be a streak where I played at least nine holes every day for 29 days in a row. Now, in retrospect, that streak probably should have stopped by day 24, which I spent as the only one on the course in a 42-degree rainstorm, which probably led to me being too sick to play on day 30. But he told me the budget that he had in mind, which led me to the conclusion that, first of all, airline pilots make a lot more money than I thought they did. But let's pretend, for the sake of nice, round, divisible numbers, that he said he had earmarked $3,000 for this adventure. I told him he shouldn't spend a dime more than $1,500. Let me explain why, because although the title says podcasters, what I'm about to share applies to pretty much any hobby or even any semi-serious venture into a new profession or side hustle, whether it's learning to play golf, learning to cook, or learning to make things out of wood. In the case of my pilot friend, we were absolutely going to spend all of his $3,000 budget, just not the way he was expecting to. My advice was to spend $1,500 on clubs and the other $1,500 on learning how to use them. Same if you've got 1000 bucks to spend on your journey toward becoming a chef. Spend 500 on pans and knives and the other 500 on lessons. But in carpenters, same thing. Spend half on the tools, the other half on the instruction. It's true for a ton of reasons. First of all, spending 1500 bucks on a set of golf clubs, much like spending 500 on cooking gear or a couple hundred on a microphone, will give you the tools that are good enough to figure out whether this new obsession is something you should even be spending your time on at all. If you get so good at golf that you can legitimately start to wonder whether your $1,500 clubs are holding you back, well, that's when you go all in and buy more expensive stuff. And how do you get good enough to need more expensive gear? Lessons. Build the skills you need to get good. There is not a golfer on the planet, and I will die on this incredibly insignificant hill. Not a golfer on the planet who will not improve as a result of having watched their swing on video with a teacher who can point out exactly what is causing their slice or whatever else is ailing them. And none of the YouTube videos, the DVD sets, or the rounds with your buddies playing for beers will ever help you as much as a skilled professional who's working with you, watching your swing and figuring out the specific thing that you need to tweak. Don't get me wrong. I would love to make a YouTube video that would teach you how to putt. Frankly, I would love to watch a YouTube video that would teach how to putt, but that's a different conversation. And I would love to have Google 
stuffing money in my pocket because 3 million people watched a video in the last two years that took me 20 minutes to make. But what are the chances that every single one of those 3 million people are lousy at putting for exactly the same reason? That all of them grip the club exactly the same way? That they're all identical heights, weights, and builds? That they all use the same putter? that none of them are left-handed. Look, a YouTube video can show you how to hold a chef's knife. It can't look at how you hold the knife and tweak where you've placed your pinky or account for your remarkably tiny fingers or help you figure out whether the 255-gram Wusthof is too heavy and you need to downshift to something about 190 grams. I think we can safely move on from that point because there are other similarities too. One of the things that has been in the rule books on the PGA Tour for as long as anybody can remember is that if you're going to compete in a professional golf tournament, you and your caddy have to walk the course. It's part of the game. Riding in a cart? Well, then you're not really a professional golfer. Part of what separates the pros from the beer cart aficionados is that the pros don't take shortcuts. Nobody on the pro tour pulls out a range finder so that they know the precise distance to the hole. If they really need to know, they walk the distance so that they know how far it is. If they want to get a sense of the wind, they don't pull out a portable anemometer. They grab a few blades of grass, toss them up in the air, and they see what the wind does with them. Are there technological shortcuts they could be employing? Sure but then you're not golfing, at least not at a professional level. Now, like I said at the outset, that metaphor is practically universal. It's inconvenient, but it's universal. If you want the sous chef's job at a Michelin three-star restaurant, well, your signature recipe had better not include a microwave or a bag of frozen diced onions that you got at Walmart. You build fine furniture? Out of particle board? <laughs> I hate to be the one to tell you, but no, you don't. Opinion here that I'm probably going to take some heat for. Shortcuts are rarely used by people who possess the underlying skill. Now, I'll let podcasters fill in their own blanks there, but if you've mastered the art of the hand-tossed pizza crust, well, something ready-made is an insult to your skill set. If you can really sing... You don't need auto-tune. You'll never find one of those Billy bookcases in a carpenter's house, like not even in a kid's room. A business that takes the art of marketing seriously will never have content or a commercial that was written by an artificial intelligence bot. And an airline pilot who hopes to still have a job tomorrow would never dream of using autopilot to land. That gets us to the end of episode 18 of The Voice in My Head. Listen, if there's anything I just said that would inspire you to pick up the tab at the 19th hole, if we were to sit down there for a meeting, feel free to buy me a virtual coffee instead. Just go to buymeacoffee.com slash nop. And nop is spelled K-N-O-P-P. You can also find a transcript of this episode and a bunch of other goodies at knopstudios.com. And if you want, we can get into the finer points of 
writing or whatever other things, maybe part of our copywriting course. But to talk to me about that or whatever else is on your mind, my email address, neil at nopstudios.com. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Voice in My Head. I'm Neil Headley.